prayer for illumination. Guide us, O God, by your word and spirit, that in your light we may see light, in your truth find freedom, and in your will discover your peace. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. The first reading, Psalm 47, verses 1 to 4. Clap your hand, all you peoples. Shout to God with loud songs of joy. For the Lord, the Most High, is awesome. A great king over all the earth. He subdued peoples under us and nations under our feet. He chose our heritage for us, the pride of Jacob, whom he loves. Holy wisdom, holy word, thanks, thanks be, be to, to God. God. We turn now to our gospel lesson uh, this morning from the third chapter of the Gospel of Mark. This is early on in Mark's gospel, and Jesus has uh, walked through the wilderness experience, and uh, Jesus has called disciples to follow him. And Jesus has just started his ministry, but has already been doing acts of healing and teaching. So this is a, is a healing story uh, in, a, in a line of other healing stories. Let us listen for the word of God. Again, Jesus entered the synagogue, and a man was there who had a withered hand. They watched Jesus to see whether he would care for him on the Sabbath so that they might accuse him. And Jesus said to the man who had the withered hand, come forward. And then Jesus said to them, is it lawful to do good or to do harm on the Sabbath? To save life or to kill? But they were silent. He looked around them with anger. He was grieved at their hardness of heart, and he said to the man, Stretch out your hand. And he stretched it out, and his hand was restored. The Pharisees went out and immediately conspired with the Herodians against him how to destroy him. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Our psalm this morning begins with clapping. And then we turn to this story from Mark about a withered hand that cannot clap. I, I want this morning to consider hands, to consider what they do and what they can do, what they say about us and what they say to, to us. In one of Rembrandt's paintings, the usual halo 
is around the head of Christ is missing. Now, it's not missing from the painting, but it's not around the head of Christ. Instead, you have to look lower in the picture, and you find that halo around Jesus' hand. Uh, critics have wondered why Rembrandt did this, and if he offered any explanation, it didn't get written down and passed down to us. So we don't know what he was thinking about at the time, but there's no debate about what it means for us. Uh, for us, it is um, the visualization that Jesus' hands are holy. They're sacred. The work they do is holy, sacred work, giving healing, blessing the children, handing out bread, and giving away hope and love. Years ago now, uh, a member of the church I was serving at the time was telling me about her mother-in-law and the special time her family spent gathered around her bed in, in the last days and hours of her hospice care. And Peggy recounted this beautiful moment. Uh, uh, her mother all of a sudden looked at her hands and kind of held them up a little bit and marveled at them and started listing some of the things her hands had done during a lifetime. Uh, meals cooked, babies cared for, clothes washed and mended and folded, flowers planted, and so much more. She'd given her life away through her hands. And, and our hands really do tell a lot about us. I, I want to invite you during this, this sermon, this worship service, to let your minds wander. I mean, usually it's, can we stay, at, uh, can we pay attention all the way through? Uh, but I want to I invite you to let your minds wander to the things your hands have done, the things your hands are doing now, because they tell us what is important to us and about us. It, our hands speak to us about those things. So I want you to have permission to, uh, to let those thoughts bubble up in you. Uh, you know, when you look at your hands, are there, are there calluses there that explain your activities? I, I used to get a callus from holding a pencil or a pen all the time. I don't anymore, you know, now that we're uh, using computers. But maybe your calluses tell about the tools you use or the golf clubs you hold. Uh, maybe there are scars on your hands that tell you about things that have happened in your life. Well, what work have your hands accomplished? What caring and love have they given away? What joy have they expressed and who have they clapped for and cheered on? I, I think of all the hands that go together to make this church. Think about the hands that built these walls, the hands that provide music here, that, that have provided music through decades. Uh, 
think about uh, the ways our hands care for the sick, or calculate numbers, or write letters, or work in the garden. Uh, hands that wash dishes, or put them in the dishwasher. Uh, hands that present a pledge card, or that turn the pages of a book. Our hands do so many things. Well, in our gospel lesson today, we once again witness the healing properties of Jesus' hands. This time, it's the man with the withered hand that needs healing. Some writings claim that this man was a stonemason. Imagine trying to earn a living as a stonemason with one hand. You see, this man, not only did he depend uh, on his livelihood for his work, but his family, his extended family, depended on the livelihood that he could prepare, uh, could maintain for all of them. Stretch out your hand, Jesus says to him. And in faith and in trust, he stretched out his hand and his hand was restored. It was a miracle and it changed the rest of his life. In one of Charlie Brown's cartoon strips, Charlie Brown holds up his hands. And he's talking to his friend Lucy. And he says, these hands, these are hands that may someday accomplish great things. They're hands which may someday do marvelous work. They may build mighty bridges, or, or heal the sick, or hit home runs, or write soul-stirring novels. These are the hands which may someday change the course of history. And Lucy looks up and says, they have jelly on them. <laughs> and don't we know, for all their greatness, our hands have also known the messy parts of life. Peanut butter and jelly, mud pies and dirty diapers, caregiving, and even angry fists. Um, but even in these messy places that we end up, they're places that give us a chance to take what looks like nothing, to learn, to struggle, and to turn it into something. Uh, it, it's kind of like the potter or the sculptor that works. They, they can't work with hard, neat clay. They have to work with messy, wet clay in order to shape it and mold it uh, in, into something beautiful, into a work of art. And, and that's like our lives. They're going to be messy, but we have a chance to create something even out of those messes, even if that something is changing our own heart to mirror God's heart. The great French sculptor Rodin fashioned two small statues. Uh, they're companion pieces meant to go together, and uh, they're both of hands. 
One is a cup can, and it's, it's a smooth, beautiful marble. Uh, it's very sleek and attractive looking, and it holds a human figure that's re relaxing, that just lies there peaceful and untroubled. And it's interesting, Rodin gives it the title, The Hand of the Devil. Think about that, The Hand of the Devil. And the companion to that is this rough sculpture, rough texture on the outside of it, almost as if it's not finished yet. And this hand, too, holds a, a human figure. Uh, and it's like the, the hand is struggling upward. You can almost feel the upward motion of that sculpture. And it's called the hand of God the hand of God. And that's what Jesus' healing is about too. It is about thrusting people out of wounded places back into life, thrusting this man with a withered hand back into a fuller life. Sometimes it's thrusting people out of comfortable, even boring places back into life thrusting people out of self-serving places back into life. Not many Sundays ago, we celebrated a baptism right over here, claiming God's life and love for the child that Joel baptized. There is no telling where he will go and what his hands will accomplish in the future ahead of him. And our children who gather here this morning, there's no telling what your hands will yet accomplish as your days and weeks and years unfold. And a few weeks ago, we honored our high school seniors, thrusting them out into a new world of challenge and responsibility and adventure as they complete their high school careers. And they move into the next steps of their lives and their educations and their vocations. But we're not just sending them off to a job or to college uh, so that they can be independent adults. Sure, that's a kind of an immediate goal. But we are really calling them to something much bigger than that. We are calling them to stretch out their hands to the world, to life, to be part of building the fabric of life and of our society, part of caring for others, part of leading us with the strong values of faith. That's, there's a lot of work ahead for them to do, and we're counting on them. And even while they move into all of that, we have been busy here at Covenant in all kinds of ways, providing food and meals, providing worship and celebration, providing care and transportation, stretching us to be Christ's hands. Uh, for a whole week, our, our heroes gathered for VBS staff and kids, and they were thrust out of their usual routines into the intense experience of living and learning about God's word and God's world 
in va Vacation Bible School. It, it literally was an all-hands-on-deck kind of experience, hands that lived out that love and healing. Mark's gospel is one that is always layered. There's always more than one thing going on. And even in, in this gospel, Jesus performed quite a number of healings. Some of them were more remarkable than this one. So I want to look a little bit deeper in the story to the other people that are mentioned, the people who are watching Jesus. Now, there are some people also there, crowds who've, who've gathered because they've heard what remarkable things he's doing and saying and teaching. But then there's a group of people that are watching him because they fear he is dangerous. And they're gathering evidence against him. Uh, Jesus could read the hardness in their hearts and it grieved him. I, it's interesting he used the word grieved. Grieved him. He could hear their silent judgment to his question uh, if it was lawful to do good or to do harm on the Sabbath. They don't say anything. The, the man stretched out his hand in a way that these onlookers couldn't stretch out their hearts. They couldn't stretch their minds beyond a particular point of view. They needed healing. They really needed healing. But they were unwilling to seek it, and they were unwilling to accept it. You see, stretching out our hands... Uh, is also a metaphor for stretching out our lives, giving ourselves, giving the totality of ourselves, our minds, our bodies, our spirit. Uh, and that, that is something I am still working on. I still want to be challenged to stretch more. Uh, to be more of what God intends and what the world needs. And I depend on community. I depend on community to challenge me, uh, to teach me, to give me courage. Uh, and it's in this kind of giving, this kind of stretching, that we ourselves are changed, that we're healed even, uh, maybe healed from our prejudices or singular points of view or from a hardness of heart that can settle on any one of us or maybe healing from self-sufficiency to learn how to trust and ask for the help of others. In the familiar words of Teresa of Avila, that 16th century mystic, we remember again that Christ has no body now on earth but yours. No hands but yours. No feet but yours. Yours are the eyes through which the compassion of Christ looks out on a hurting world. Yours are the feet with which he is to go about doing good. And yours are the hands with which he is to bless now. 
So let us stretch out our hands to serve. Let us stretch them out to seek the help of others. Let them let us let them stretch out to explore and learn from the world. Stretch them out to give healing. Stretch them out to receive the gift of life poured out in Christ, poured out in you, poured out in me. For that we say thanks be to God. Amen.